Broadcasting live. My word for today is... Listen up, Jack Wagon. Jack Armstrong. What a personal privilege. And Joe Getty. Speaking moistly. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. People, please, and tell me if you hear the thundering hoof beats. And do it in a demeaning ethnic accent. No, don't. Wait, wait. Probably, probably don't do that. Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't hear it because I'm not in tune to nature like you and your people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There it is. I mean, I could just do it live from Studio C, deep within the there he is. There he. Yeah, we're just, uh, yeah, yeah. Si, senor. I, I got sir. a question. Yeah. What time does this show start? Like a minute ago. <laughs> is my watch different, or do we start earlier now, or whatever? Look, look yonder at that big old digital Is clock. my clock different? No, the intro's shorter. Well, it's slightly shorter. Because I used to, I just, like, I'm in the bathroom washing my hands and stuff like that, looking at my clock, saying, oh, I got a minute, and I would be fine, and now I'm not. Hmm. I think the show starts at a different time. I'm trying to wash the smell of gasoline off my hands. What are you doing on your way to work? Can we start earlier in this story? It, How? Intro, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The intro is 10 seconds I thought you were supposed to shorter. start late in a story to uh, to get people interested in what's going on. Yeah, Michael, Michael correcting Sean's pathetic attempt to curry favor with Mr. Armstrong by making an excuse. The intro is now 10 seconds shorter. How is that? I said the intro was shorter. It's, I've uh, been vindicated, uh, uh, not corrected. No, oh, no, 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 no. There's the truth, then there's the half-truth, Sean. Yeah, no, I don't think it's... I don't know. Something's gone wrong. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was in the bathroom washing the smell of gasoline off my hands. Uh, again, uh, plot twist. Apparently. Um, we have no electricity where I live because oh. of the storm, the winter storm that is from California to Boston. Good. It makes Sean very angry that I'm using a state on one end and a city <laughs> on the other. I uh, <laughs> I get a blood boiling mad every time you do it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, heard, I, heard, I heard a reporter say that yesterday, and for some reason it didn't strike me as odd or make me angry that they use, but it is odd that did they. Start with us, but there is a winter. There's an unbroken, like practically practically record breaking winter storm from coast to coast, which is very unusual. Like without a break, all the way across. Yeah. Um, which city anyway. would you rather live in, Sean, Boston or New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I live in part of the storm zone, like a lot of Americans do, and we do not have electricity because of the sixty mile an hour winds and everything else like that. I don't know. I don't know what caused the electric to go. Where I live, the electricity can go out for all kinds of different reasons. Oh, yeah. Political. In America's Haiti. But anyway, so I was uh, making sure the uh, generator was completely full of gas before I left. And because with, well, another thing that's cool about California is the modern gas can. It is impossible to pour gas out of without spilling all over yourself. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You don't realize To save the environment. In other states where you still have gas cans like the old days, like, I filled up. A million lawnmowers and things in my life without spilling hardly a drop with the old kind of gas can. With the new modern developed by politicians gas can in California, uh, you spill ga- gasoline everywhere and, and all I, the time. I hear you thinking in other places, well, wait a minute, how hard can it be? I'm here to attest. Jack is absolutely correct. Correct. You have to have 
three hands. At least three hands. With 1.5 thumbs per hand to do this correctly. And then halfway through the pour, all of a sudden the gas starts squirting out this brand new high tech. It recaptures the fumes and doesn't permit the. No, what it does is you pour like half a quart of gas on the ground or on the pavement every damn time. But it's it's mandated in California for environmental reasons. to, To me, it is one of the best examples of government. And what government does that have ever existed. It is perfect. It is a virtue signal that does the exact, the exact opposite of what it claims to be. Keystone XL pipeline. Another great example. The cancellation, just the rescinding of the approval, because it was approval. It was approved. That will do nothing for the environment, nothing for global warming. In fact, that gas now has to be shipped further. And in less environmentally responsible ways to get to market, because it is going to get to market, it pissed off the Canadians, and it's worse for the environment. But it's a great virtue signal. It's just like that damned <laughs> spout. A guy, um, a friend of ours, gave us an old-timey gas can for a wedding gift. So that was 13 years ago. And fantastic. It was just your old-style gas can um, that never spilled at all. And, but was somehow, that on the register? Or? But somehow I lost it. Oh, it was, and it was so great. Somehow I lost it like an idiot. And uh, last time I was in Nevada with my son, uh, I stopped at a place and I was trying to buy an you know an illegal gas can and, and uh, yes. get it into the state illegally. Yes. And I was looking for gas cans, and the guy at the store said, uh, what are you looking for? I said, in the gas can. Oh, you must be from California, huh? Yeah, Californians always buying gas cans. How do you like that? Californians go to other states to buy gas cans just to pour gas in their lawnmower right. or their, their freaking dirt bike so that they don't spill it all over their shoes because the government... Created a gas can that doesn't work, right? In the name of the environment, right? It's, it's, it's so it's so hilarious. So I guess if you have, it is very Soviet. Yeah. Oh, it's so Soviet Union. Yeah. It's so Soviet Union. Yeah. Very North Korean. Oh, or or uh, China when people were starving by the millions, but nobody had the guts to tell the person above them that uh, people are starving. No, it's working great. Right. This this new plan is working great. Yeah. We're with crops. We have more crops. We know what to do with. Um, My district is doing great, boss. I think you're up for a promotion. Never mind the piles of dead bodies. You tell your boss the truth, though, you're done. <laughs> it's wild. Yep. Anyway, so I'm trying to get the smell of gas off me. Uh, that's the explanation for that. Uh, but because it's teamwork that makes the dream work, there's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. Uh, it was windy outside when I during my commute, and my car actually drove, it got blown into the other lane pretty much. And so my suggestion to people would be tie some sandbags to the rear of your car, and then oh, before you drive, that's a very good idea. Keep the weight down. You yeah, know? That's good. Bit. Yeah, keep that weight low. That's or the low. key. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good tip. Well, that's it's all I have. so cold in my house that's this funny. morning. So cold in my house this morning. Sorry to hear that. We oh. uh, we have power today. I'm just lucky. Yeah, no power. I didn't plug in the refrigerator because I thought I don't th- to the generator because I it's so cold in here. I'm not sure I need to do that. It's, oh, it's freezing in the house. Good right point. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Uh, I have been following the, uh, the well, uh, to, to, to put it panically, the crumbling of our institutions financially uh, just uh, evaporating under our, our feet because Internet forums decide to play fun with, uh, with some short sellers. And now everything's crumbling around us. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I want to get into this story. It's getting a lot of attention in the financial world where smart people are figuring out how to game the, the, the new stock market. I actually think it's head. awesome and hilarious. I need to get in on this somehow. Okay, yeah, I, I've heard a couple of attempts by non-business journalists to describe what's going on and uh, much like the gas spout 
they leave me confused and backward of where I was before. So I'm looking forward to an explanation. I saw Jim Cramer waving his arms about about it the other day. I mean, that's his default setting. That is kind of what he does. Oh, sure yeah. enough, yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, January 27th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin calling BS on the BSers, precisely according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. What's the weather like outside? Um, cold. Is it cold? Yes. It is. It is sun. Cold, snowy, rainy, icy, depending on where you are. How does mailbag look? It's good. Yeah, it's solid. It's fine. It'll do. Um, Wall Street <laughs> Journal had a great story. Uh, uh, you talk about news you could use. After a year of looking at the virus, what works and what doesn't work in terms of trying not to get it? Also, glass partitions, wiping things down, waste of time. Oh, hey, where's our glass partition, Sean? Oh, Oh, I'm vulnerable, he says, ignoring his co-host. I'm vulnerable. (laughs) After the third time of walking in when it had tipped over, knocking all of my computer monitors over, making me spend the first 20 minutes of my workday cleaning (laughs) that up, I decided to not have it put back up because it's not doing anything in the first place. Leaving me vulnerable actually it's uh the way it's positioned is sean and i are just looking directly at each other the glass partitions are protecting each other yeah yeah (laughs) but but not any of the humans other than that though it's a lovely virtue signal once again well yeah you get to you get to say you're doing something but anyway what works and what doesn't work i thought that was pretty interesting yes please and long overdue among other things we will get to Strong and Getty Show. We got on the topic of temperature checks right at the end of the show yesterday. That's another thing the Wall Street Journal says isn't that handy, and I, I, I wondered about that. What, what, how does that help? Well, f- more than 50% of people spreading the virus, the virus is spread by more than half. Hmm. Let, me, let me think about that sentence and get back to you. <laughs> Mailbag. More than half the time when somebody transmits the virus to somebody else, they show no symptoms whatsoever. More than half the time. So the majority of the time, and and a temperature isn't even always a symptom if you do have signs of the virus. So, Certainly. Right. Well, and there's uh, one of your thermometers, high-tech thermometers, is running radio ads right now, and that's a fine idea, and I hope they sell lots of them. But they say because if a fever is one of the symptoms, it's important you check your temperature all the time. And I am quite certain I have never in my life had a fever and been unaware of it. If I ever have a fever, I feel bad. I don't think I have either. Um, you know, I'm, everybody has a different physiology. Mine is exceptional. But um, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the idea that I could be running a 101.5 and th- think, oh my gosh, look at that. I'm sicker than hell. I guess you better not let me into the basketball game because I was going to go watch a basketball game with a 101 degree fever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day about uh, the Constitution continuing on our series. Uh, this is from the uh, deliciously named Felix Frankfurter, a uh, Supreme Court justice. As a member of this court, I am not justified in writing my private notions of policy into the Constitution. No matter how deeply I may cherish them or how mischievous I may deem their disregard, judges don't write laws. I think more often than not, that's the case, too. 
The Germans really the leaders in delicious meat sandwiches we all enjoy. The Frankfurter, the Hamburger. Is Need that, I say more? Is that the way you say it? Yes. Would anybody like a Hamburger? <laughs> yeah. Well, I studied German for many years, as you know, Jack. And <laughs> it's repugnant to me to mispronounce any uh, words in that beautiful language. A, I would like a Hamburger, please. <laughs> we had the worst meatloaf last night. Oh, really? Just terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. We ordered out. We we're feeling lazy. Meatloaf sandwich. Even my even my wife said nobody has to eat this. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and and did she craft it or was it yeah, your night? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm no, sorry no. to hear that. Eh, we you know nobody hit bats a thousand. Were we eating pancakes or having hot dogs? <laughs> then no, it wasn't my night. I see. <laughs> All right, moving on to the correspondence proper. This is a nice note from uh, Aileen Anonymous, who writes: Good morning from the Middle East. Been listening to you guys since 2010 when my active-duty Marine husband moved us to Hawaii. Uh, listen so much and so often. I often talk about you as if I had actually had a conversation with you all every day. She makes a number of fine and charming points. Um, and she l- likes to tease her husband that she'd leave him for Sean, since I will uh, commence now with the text. Sean and I apparently have a lot in common. Older millennial, like movie quotes, and sarcastic. Sometimes I uh, tease back and say, uh, good thing I'll never... I tease back. Good thing I'll never live in California because it sucks, which is something to say about. <laughs> wow. Yeah. For the formerly, uh, you know, most wonderful state in the union, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, Sean Loster, when he said he'd never seen one of the best, uh, many of the best westerns on that list we did on the uh, the podcast. You've never seen The Searchers? Rio Bravo? Come on, Sean! I thought I was batting pretty good on that list. Yeah, I thought you were too. Word of advice, Sean. Ladies like a little manliness. <laughs> A little more John Wayne, a little less T-shirt, huh? I play video games all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And and then she ranks us top to bottom. As? I don't know. (laughs) But it's important to share the rankings. Okay. Because we're at the top. Followed by Michael, Hanson, Marshall, and then at the bottom, Sean. Sorry, Sean. Oh, this this just, just turned into a personal attack. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It started out sounding like you got some waiting for you in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> and now you're ranked at the bottom. How then, the heck did I get third? Then slander. <laughs> ah, Michael. Slow and steady uh, wins the race. One of these days, we'll say something that the woke crowd can get us for, and it'll be the Michelangelo show. Let's see. How about this from Andrew? Oh, more, uh, okay, similar topic. It's hard to avoid these days. Uh, My beloved wife and I are building a tiny home in rural East Washington. Uh, Slightly bigger than a lean-to because we want out of north-north San Francisco, which he uh, is his nickname for Freeattle, Washington, which is a nickname for Seattle. Going with the tiny home thing, which is uh, fascinating to me. Yeah, yet I am finding that it is not far enough from the needle politics. You being supporter of revoking the First Amendment rights to some people occasionally, I know, sarcastic, but would you also consider restricting voting rights of Californians who move out of state? For instance, Idaho, Texas, etc. I know it's not possible, but it's an intriguing think tank question. Uh, still, growing up around the SeaTac airport area, seeing the Californians pour in to western Washington in the 90s, it changed the politics. That is so interesting to me. It, it, it It's counterintuitive, but it's been repeated ported and repeated in a number of states. Yeah, I think people like us assume that people flee uh, the blue states for political reasons mostly. But what, what, why are you fleeing though? Economic reasons. It's too expensive. The taxes are too high so you go somewhere else and vote for higher taxes? Yes. 
<laughs> yes. Okay. Well, you vote for utopian schemes in general. You have a vision of what government is that is far different than the Idahoans who have been there, for instance. That's interesting. And you pervert the local politics. Texas is struggling this, uh, too. Uh, so anyway, yeah, restricting the voting rights. I, th- I think, sure, there could be a vesting period. You have to be vested for five years before you can cast a full vote. I'm fine with that. Let's see. Well, a number of states are trying to chase you after you leave and make you pay taxes after you leave. Red states or blue states, Jack? Uh, currently, it's uh, Connecticut and California. There's a shock. The topic is Joe Biden's transgender army uh, from uh, Clinton, beautiful Eugene. Uncle Joe maybe didn't realize uh, in joining trans people to join our armed services, he should extend the statute all people should join, specifically Today, only men are obligated to sign up via mandatory selective service system, which, you know, we don't have the draft. But if transgenders are allowed, which everyone should be, then that equal opportunity should extend to all citizens. Yeah, it's absolutely laughable and strange that women aren't subjected to the uh, registration. I didn't know that was the case. Yeah. Oh, I, it was in high school, but I, for me, that was a long time ago. Males age 18, man. Yeah. Do we have time for this? Uh, thanks for such an entertaining program, writes Lawrence. It's our pleasure, sir. Thanks also for my new band's my band's new name featured in yesterday's show, King Kong Pistol. <laughs> All right. Next time in your emails, please rank us if you could. Uh, what works and what doesn't in terms of spreading the COVID? Coming up. Yes. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Madam President, time for the flag salute. Mr. DeLeon, can you please um, lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance this morning? Thank you very much, uh, Madam President. It'd be an honor. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Undervisible. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. You said that. <laughs> under visible. Was that it? Was that an Which stands one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oof. Oof. <laughs> there, there was an old boy in there. Oh That's... boy. <laughs> LA City Councilman Kevin DeLeon who is uh, a long-time permanent politician in Cal Unicornia. Who doesn't know the Pledge of Allegiance. No, doesn't has. I pledge allegiance to the flag. Undervisible. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag. Sound like a sobriety check going very poorly. <laughs> a disgrace. Uh, undervisible. That's why the virus is so hard to contain. It is undervisible. I think the United States is plenty visible, as is its flag. So the Wall Street Journal, this caught my attention, has an article, What We've Learned in a Year. And, uh, this isn't, but this isn't meant to be mocking for anything anybody did, you know, early on, because we didn't have any idea. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's currently happening is is rel- relatively mockable because the information's been out for quite some time, for instance, that the virus doesn't really spread among services. So you're running around with your squeezy bottle wiping stuff off there at your at the store is just it's a show. That's, it's COVID theater. It's COVID theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a waste of time and money. 
And anytime you waste time and money, there, there are other things you could do with that time or money that might actually make us more safe. So it's what works and what doesn't work from the Wall Street Journal. It's pretty short. Um, but here's some of the stats that, that back up what they've learned. Over half of transmissions occur from people without symptoms. So the majority of the time, you don't know you have it. Nobody would know you have it. You don't have a temperature. As a matter of fact, you might never realize you had it. No, no, no. No symptoms. Right. Over half. Yeah. No symptoms. Isn't that something? Yeah. And you're spreading it. So the the silent transmission, that's that's what's making this what it is. And that's what's got people so worried about these new variants that spread more easily. If over half of people don't even know they have it and they can spread it super duper easy, that's a problem. Um, the other stat before I get into the things they said specifically that work and don't work that is important is that um, temperature checks have become a huge thing. I know you know my my, sids, my kids at a school where they're in the classroom and I, I'm thankful for that and they're doing temperature checks all the time. You know, and, and how much of a downside is there? I don't know, uh, but oh, practically none. Well, again, I mean, it's there, not there like are, they're taking them rectally or anything like that. They just op- hold a little. There are opportunity costs, like I said, with time and money. So, sure. Um, only 13% of COVID patients reported a fever during the course of their illness. Only 13% of people ever have a fever who have COVID. Wow. So the you Among can, those who are aware they have it, again... <laughs> right, it could be much... Cutting it, the significance of that number in half. Yeah, it could be much less than that. So the whole, you can come in this building if we take your temperature and you don't have a temperature, right. is close to worthless. Right. But here is the uh, the companion number that we ought to have to figure out if it's completely worthless. What percentage of people with a fever attempt to uh, enter a building? Very few. I imagine it's a tiny number. Right. It's like you said earlier, you've never had a fever and not known it. I'm pretty sure that's the case with me, too. And uh, pretty sure it's the case with most people's kids. So, you know, their their strict dictates don't send your kid to school with a fever which makes perfectly good sense, mm-hmm. nobody was. Right, <laughs> right. And and only 13% of people show a fever, so yeah. So you got to get to the stuff. You, you have to make the assumption that, you know, whoever you're around has got it and protect for that. Masks is number one. I don't know how many of you are still fighting the mask thing. It's by far the most healthy thing that we can do as a society to stop the spread. By far. It is practically indisputable. And sometimes we get the emails, guys, show me the study that shows. No, see, it's not even necessary. It's generally been recognized by medical science forever that if you're trying to contain droplets from your mouth and nose, a mask is a good idea. It's self-evident. It's like asking for a study that shoes protect your feet. It's not worth it. <laughs> um, so I'll just skip to the headline from the Wall Street Journal article. Mask wearing, good airflow, and frequent rapid, frequent rapid tests are the most important thing that can happen. Surface cleaning, temperature checks, and plexiglass aren't really doing anything. Frequent rapid tests, clearly. If the majority of cases are asymptomatic, yeah, that's they what ought we to be do. everywhere. They ought to be like I don't know what are you, what's everywhere. Uh, things that are everywhere. 
It ought to be as easy to get as a, a pack of gum. So good airflow is huge. They now know. Now, and again, getting back to the beginning, I, I we didn't know it didn't spread on surfaces really at the beginning. Fair well, enough. They thought they did. And I thought it did based on what was. And I saw I was wearing rubber gloves all the time. I, I, I remember saying, I don't know if I'll ever touch a door handle with my bare hand again in my life. You know, wipes all the time at the gas station. I got all kinds of different things going on, so I don't touch anything. I don't do any of that anymore, and you shouldn't. You don't need to. That's not what's going to get you. The um, airflow thing is huge because it went from being big particles or really uh, aerosol particles in the air or what's going to get you. No, it's the tiny aerosol particles that float around for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's the reason that plexiglass doesn't really do anything is because it's the tiny particles that are just floating in the air everywhere in this room. Right. This glass isn't going to do anything. The only thing, because we've got plexiglass in here, the only thing that the plexiglass is doing in a room where you're all going to be there for a while, like if Joe and I are going to, like at the convenience store, that makes sense. Short interaction, we're both going there talking, okay, you can't really spit on me, I can't spit on you. Not much, nope. But since we're in this room for a long time, or a lot of workplaces where they put up glass dividers between the cubicles and all that sort of stuff, that's doing more harm than good because it restricts the airflow. The ability for the Mm. air to circulate around and go through the system and get the particles out of there is being restricted by the plexiglass. Wow. And so the tiny little particles floating in the air, it's actually worse to have the plexiglass than to not have it. On the other hand, I am very hot-headed, and I often squeeze off a couple of shots at Jack during the show. It is thick enough bulletproof. Yeah, so there's And it just goes pating, pating right back at it. Wow, so it's counterproductive if it's a longish encounter. And again, I don't blame people for not knowing that. Yeah, but... The mask thing, you should have known a long time ago. Well, the temperature thing is useless. It is, and, yeah. and with all due respect to your pointing out, it does take a little time and money. Um, it's 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 not counterproductive, really. Uh, the plexiglass thing clearly is. Then you got to get your mad airflow going. Well, I'll give you an example of how it's counterproductive. We did a story late in the show yesterday. Um, you weren't in the room about these new uh, human-sized thermometers that are catching on, and people are using their stimulus money at restaurants and stores to buy them. They're a big, like, uh, they're like a big iPad, and you walk up to it and it talks to you, and it can read on your face whether you've got a mask on. It tells you to put on a mask. It reads your temperature, and then it will allow you to go through. Mm. They're very expensive. Yeah. That's worthless. Yeah. If only 13% of people show a fever, that's not doing anything. And I think we're correct in assuming if you had a fever, you're not going out anyway. Right, right. Or you wouldn't be among the asymptomatic majority again. So it's a tiny, vanishingly small number of people with a fever who are going around breathing moistly on people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's compared to the asymptomatic transmission, it's laughably uh, small the, in terms of its importance. One thing this article didn't get into, and I wish it would have, um, I understand all the stuff. It's primarily aimed at opening back up businesses. Uh, and all that sort of stuff. So they're focusing on indoor. What what do they still feel about outdoor in terms of having a mask? I have. I get, in, in, you know me. I'm a. Oh, in terms of the masks. Yeah. Well, you can picture certain outdoor settings, whether it's the your restaurant tent, or maybe I conceivably on a still day in a backyard or something, that it could help. You know, it's a fairly long shot that you'd need it. I, I, what I was about to say was, I have not, and you know me, I take in you know media and print and everything voraciously. Um, I have not heard anybody suggest for a very, very long time that there's any significant chance of spreading the COVID outdoors. Yeah, I got to the park the other day, and uh, we didn't have masks on. 
my two boys and I. And we got there, and there was a family there with a bunch of kids, and they had masks on. As soon as we got there, he gave me the look, and they all left. Mm. And uh, I felt bad about it. I didn't want them not to get to play at the park, but I also thought, I don't think don't think anything's happening here. I feel bad that they're going through the life weighed down by the yoke of ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably thinking, what's the harm, dude? Yeah, you know what? And, and he's got a point, but uh, what's the use, dude? <laughs> Well, if you're Especially actually yesterday, you, you, you could have flown a kite and lifted yourself off your feet. It was so windy. If you're actually exercising, I find it pretty difficult with a mask on. I see people jogging with a mask on. I don't know how you do it. I play tag with the kids with a mask on about a keel over. <laughs> As a larger man, I uh, I need every bit of oxygen I can get. <laughs> so yeah, I'll not be doing that. Oh, just a little bit later on the show, speaking of the uh, Chinese bat flu, um, the teachers' unions are now on an island alone in their stance yeah. against opening schools yeah. with kind of offshore a little bit in a dinghy, various politicians who are such hoes for the teachers' unions that they won't say anything negative. Even Biden's CDC says open the schools. Yeah, and we will have that report for you and an example of some of the bitterly coward, cowardly uh, politicians who are sacrificing your children's education, their hearts, and their souls to keep that money flowing from the teachers' unions. But take those two stats out into the world with you and do with them what you will. Over half the people spread the virus don't have any symptoms, and only 13% of people who get this thing have a fever. Those are pretty important numbers to know, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, we got all that stuff on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the Tyson Foods is releasing heart-shaped chicken nuggets for Valentine's Day. Or as I always say, if you want to keep it classy, go with the standard scratch-off chicken and beef jerky. I remember ordering a heart-shaped pizza one Valentine's Day. It got there like an hour and a half after I ordered it. Oh, boy. It was all squished up in the corner of the box in such a way. If your heart was shaped like that, you, uh, you really should get... To the emergency room. Wow. It's cold and terrible. And very expensive. They charge like five times as much because it was kind of heart-shaped. <laughs> or had been at one point. <laughs> uh, important vote in the whole impeachment thing yesterday, I guess. Rand Paul put up a motion of, this is unconstitutional, so we shouldn't go through with it. And while it didn't pass, and the impeachment will happen, 45 Republicans endorsed that. Which means you're not going to get close to, likely, the 17 you need to convict. You know, that's an interesting question I heard somebody saying. Now, this is not necessarily an indication of which way the uh, senators will vote after the trial. And I was trying to reconcile in my head the notion that I think this is unconstitutional, but I will vote to convict. Yeah, it's weird. All 50 Democrats obviously voted uh, f- uh, against the idea that it was unconstitutional, joined by Mitt Romney, Ben Sass, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Pat Toomey. If you followed politics at all, you probably could have named those people without me telling you. Yeah, Ben Sass, I know, has real antipathy toward Trump, or had. Um, so I'm not shocked, but the other four are kind of obvious. So I'm trying to 
I'm trying to come up with this uh, in my mind, trying to figure this question out, because around here, we don't just knee-jerk think, all right, what would be good for Trump or, or Republicans? I like to think things through. And if a president, say, in the last week in office, reduced, uh, I'm sorry, uh, declassified the plans to our, our most advanced weapon systems and personally furnished them to the Chinese Communist Party, and then he's out of power. Um, would I want him barred from ever holding office again in the future? The answer is absolutely yes. But my wants don't necessarily make it constitutional. Can you impeach someone who's not in the office you're impeaching him or her from? I keep hearing most scholars believe you can, but I yeah, don't know. I don't believe. You know, you never can tell, right? It depends who you ask. Well, I'll I'll, I'll say this, and, and as Tim Sanders pointed out, much of the legal uh, educational system in America right now is way left. Well, yeah, but I I can't think of anybody whose position on this doesn't match up with my known feelings they have about Trump. Right. True. True. I. You know, I would like to go back to the uh, you know the Federalist Papers and the dis- the discussions and debates of the founding fathers to figure out their intent. And I've read a little bit about that, but not nearly enough, because uh, it's an intriguing question. On the other hand, if a president did something that seems loathsome to me uh, in the last week of his office, maybe the example I just gave, and then four years later. People say, yeah, the whole uh, furnishing China with our weapon systems notwithstanding, we want them to serve again. I almost think you got to let them. But I stand ready to be corrected. Marco, I mean, I, I am mean, yeah. not strongly uh, tied to that position. Marco Rubio's argument was, and this makes sense to me, Nixon was plenty punished by, uh, by history and uh, the public. Right. Right, terrible, low approval ratings, could right. never run again, humiliated. Does, uh, does him, because uh, he resigned and admitted fault, does that mm-hmm. does that weigh in on it at all? Not in a constitutional sense, maybe in a political sense it does. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't trying in, in Trump style to rally the Nixon army around him uh, at the end. He just Make kind of... come back. He just uh, gave the peace signs, got on the helicopter, and uh, uh, Audi 5000, you know, uh, out like trout. So, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the John Roberts' move was interesting. The Chief Justice said, look, if the president is impeached, the Chief Justice provides. Dude ain't the president. He's a golf course developer. I don't preside <laughs> over that. <laughs> the impeachment of golf course developers. Right. We're, we got a great email on that. Where the heck did I put it? <laughs> it's so funny. I want to give him credit. He said, here's what he's hoping for. Oh, supposed, here it is. What do you suppose Trump does all day, every day, like right now? What's he going to do today? He'll play golf, almost yeah, guaranteed. Probably. But you can't play golf all day. Maybe. Yeah. Probably uh, get on the phone with Don and Eric and and uh, little uh, Bladenka and um, and and plan out some some golf course in Dubai. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I love this. My impeachment theory is straight out of the Joe Getty Law Program, where I didn't actually attend. Well, what's important, Ben, in Portland, is that uh, you thought about it. Uh, That is my legal credential. I almost went to law school. So Congress has the power to remove the president. If they vote to convict, that removes the president from office. The president is clearly Joe Biden. 
This is the five-dimensional chess move that puts Trump back in the Oval Office. Because if you remove Joe Biden, then Trump wins the election. (laughs) Ben, that is hilarious. I'm not sure I'm tracking with you exactly. I think we'd end up with uh, Kamila. Uh, But but based on that vote yesterday where you got, uh, what, a Five Republicans go along with you, but not close to 17. Why as a Democrat do I want to run through this exercise and uh, and muddy up the whole Biden administration? I don't know. In all seriousness, I'd love to see a conviction just for the court case that attempts to remove Biden as president. Chaos and ugliness is still the people's champion until we are delivered by the Messiah, sweet meteor of death. And then, interestingly enough, and we will get to this later on, Ben, in an extremely helpful mood yesterday, apparently, sent along a website he found explaining why, and this is a question I asked yesterday, why the woke are now spelling the word folks, folks, hello, folks, with an X. That's all folks with an X. Exactly. With an X. And why is that? Well, uh, like I said, i got to get to it later because it takes some explaining, but it is a intersectional woke Virtue signaling, critical race, their critical theory, load of hooey. One of the best topics in America right now, I think, politically, is this whole school reopening thing. It's just absolutely amazing that the teachers' unions aren't being crushed by public opinion. I just don't think most people understand what's going on. No, they're not paying attention. And it's incredibly disappointing given the incredibly high stakes. I think there's so many people that don't have kids, so they just don't really know how bad the distance learning thing is. Right. Got to quit calling it distance learning. Nobody's learning anything. Armstrong and Getty.